We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor Josh. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. All right. It's 35 years. Can you believe it? 35 years doing church in this, in this area. Church is Claremont. Uh, okay. Uh, if we could bring the lights down. Get your little flashlights out. We're not done with them yet. So bring the lights down low. There we go. Okay. Now, if you have been coming here, if this has been a part of your, if, you, this is, if you've been doing church for 35 years, turn your light on. Here at Granite Creek, uh, New Life, Vineyard Christian Fellowship. All right. Oh, you don't have flashlights? Okay. <laughs> Sheila has been here for 35 years. Okay, stand up and turn your light on if you've been here for 35 years or more, I guess. You could say. Yay. All right, praise God. All right, stand up and turn your light on if you have been here for 20 years or more. Stand up and turn your light on if you have been here for 10 years or more. Everybody stay standing and keep your lights on. And keep your lights on. If you've been here for 10 years or more. All right. Stand up and turn your lights on. Keep them on if you've been here for five years or more. All right. Stand up and turn your lights on if you've been here for two years or more. And turn, stand up and turn your light on if 2014 has been your first year of doing church at Granite Creek. All right. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? You are the light of the world. I think it's cool. All right, one more thing. Okay, everybody turn your lights off. If you got saved in this church and baptized in this church, turn your light on. Amen. Isn't that awesome? All right, turn your lights off. If, if God saved your marriage in this church, turn your light on. All right. <laughs> I don't, inside joke over here. Um, uh, <laughs> All right, marriage counseling. All right, you guys, that's awesome. Have a seat. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? 35 years of blessing. Um, I'm going to give you a quick little history of how it all happened. 35 years ago, uh, Pastor Byther, who, um, who drug my mom and dad into ministry, basically, uh, my mom and dad, they were Pastor Byther's youth pastors in Bakersfield. They followed him out here. He was a youth pastor for the Assembly of God in Pomona. And then he became the associate pastor. And then Pastor Byther felt extremely uh, led to, to start a new church, which, is, which is, he called it New Life Community Church back in the day. And let me tell you how it all happened. It was very uh, difficult it started 35 years ago. It became a legal entity, and um, uh, they had an incredible opportunity to get this piece of property. There was one lady who was very faithful to the church, and she willed her house. She gave her entire house to the church, to New Life, and with the sale of that church, they bought this piece of property and this building. This building has always been a church. I know it looks like an office building, but it's always been a church. It was just, we, we bought it just like this. And um, in order for us to meet here, to be the church here in Claremont, for you to assemble, we had to go to a city meeting. Are you familiar with these? How many people have ever been to a city meeting? Oh, I, it's, it's one of the most miserable things you could do with your time. And, and so we had to get a conditional use permit to do church at this location, and um, there was opposition. I called Pastor Bartha this morning. Uh, I called him last night. He, was, he, can't, he, he can't travel. He's 88 years old, and he, just, he, just, he, can't, he couldn't be here, so he gives his, his regards. And, but I asked him, I said, is there, a, is there something that you'd like for me to tell the church? Is there a blessing that you'd like to give them? And he said, yes. He said, the church was created by God. It was conceived by God. And it was, the church was God's idea. This church was God's idea. And he said, and it was truly a work of the Spirit. And he says, and it's always been led by Jesus. 
And he said, I want to bless this church. I want to give them a blessing that God continues to prosper and to grow them. So that's his, that was his blessing and his prayer for you today. And um, as we went to this meeting, we went with God's favor. We went with God's blessing. God was in it. He was in there on that meeting. And God was blessing this church. Have you ever had God bless your life? Okay. When God blesses, there's always resistance. Because the enemy of God does not want you to be blessed. The enemy of God does not want you to have favor in your life. And so when we showed up to get a permit to do church here, there was opposition. God was blessing but the enemy of God did not want to see this come to pass. And he sent in people that did not like God, full-blown, mean, nasty atheists. Other people that said, look, we have enough churches in this city. We don't need another church. I'm not making it up. Those are exact words. We don't need another church in this city. So no, we are not going to give you the permit that you desire. And to top things off, the local Wiccan branch showed up to, the, to pray against the meeting. And this is not Glinda the Good Witch. This is the Wicked Witch of the West, okay? These are people that, um, that are bent on hurting other people. That they want, when they pray, they pray that ill happens to other people. Hmm? Witchcraft. And so this is what we were facing. There was verbal and physical opposition for us to be able to do church here in this location. And here's what happened. We were number one at the docket. Something weird happened. We ended up being last on the agenda. And people talked and talked. And presentation after presentation went on and on and on. And by the time that they got to a new life, to, to hear our, our side of why we want to do church in there, it was like midnight, and everybody got tired and went home. The angry, negative people that didn't, said we have enough churches in this city, they went home. The atheists that wanted to block what, what God was doing in this city, they went home. And yes, even the Wicked Witch of the West, she went home too. There, there's boy witches too, by the way. So, I mean, just to be fair, there's, there's boy witches. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know why. You know what we did? You know one of the reasons why this church thrives, why it succeeds, why it structures, why it keeps on going from one place to another? Yes, it is, it is a work of God and, it, and the Holy Spirit. We allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. It's led by Jesus. But one of the things that, that God showed me, and this is uh, it's one of the, the fruits of the Spirit, we're going to be doing a series in two weeks on the fruits of the Spirit. And usually when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it is to balance out uh, what we see going on in the gifts of the Spirit. My desire for you as a pastor, for everybody in this, in this congregation, I want to see you functioning and thriving in your spiritual gifts. And some of you don't even know what your spiritual gifts are. We'll have a class on that. But you, we, we, I want to see you functioning in your spiritual gifts healing, prophecy, teaching, speaking in tongues, encouragement, hospitality, all of these things that empower the church. I want to see you functioning in them. And usually what we do with the spiritual gifts is we balance them out with the fruit, right? Okay, so Pastor Josh speaks in the tongue, but does he love, right? We do this. Hmm? So we always balance it out. So I'm going to be looking at the, the gifts of the Spirit uh, in light of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, I believe, ought to be the building blocks for you. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians uh, chapter 5 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, goodness and generosity are one, generosity, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's nine of them. And then Paul says, against these nine things, there is no law, there is no commandment, there is no religion. And at Granite Creek Community Church, it is relationship and not religion. And so I think, I believe strongly, if we're able to, to, to tap into these nine fruits of the Spirit, that it's going to just emphasize what, we, what, what God can do. And the one that he showed me for this, this sermon, for this illustration, and we'll, we'll flesh it out as, as, some more, is one of the 
one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. How many people need some patience? You have a seven-year-old daughter and you need some patience, right? It's more than just that. It is being able to wait upon the Lord within your time of need. And you know why this church is here? Because there was a group of people that sat through a very long meeting and they were patient. They were so patient, they outweighted the enemy of God. And that's what we need to do in our lives someday, sometimes. You know when the Bible says, oh, I just need to wait upon the Lord. It's, and, and our posture is, okay, I'm going to wait upon the Lord and God's going to do something to me. But that is just not biblical. What, our, what the founding fathers and mothers of this church did is they waited upon the Lord in, in City Hall. And they, they were patiently waited. And they were looking for the failure of the enemy. And when they saw it, they seized the day. When God calls you to wait, wait with your eyes open and see what's going to happen and seize your opportunity. And so this is one of the hallmarks of our church. We have the ability to wait patiently on the Lord. And because of that, we have incredible, powerful testimonies. And I'd like to show you the first one on our, on our video coming up. Hi, I'm Peggy. Um, my family and I originally went to the Assembly of God Church down on Arrow, and Pastor Byther gave a wonderful message that day and said that it would be his last message and he was starting his own church. We were so impressed and the Holy Spirit was so strong. We followed the pastor to Memorial Park in Upland and met with lots of other wonderful people and there was not only food for our soul but food for um, we shared lots of meals together. From there, we went to um, Upland High School and it was packed every Sunday, sometimes only standing room only. How long have you been coming to this church? Um, since the very beginning. I left for a brief time, but I always felt the Lord pulling me back here. Um, I tried going to other churches, but it didn't feel like home. Um, so I approximately came back around seven years ago and um, been totally blessed. One of the things that's been a blessing to me at this church is um, Josh is so down to earth and upfront with all of us. Although he's our leader, he's not without saying, you know, I blew it this week and being really honest. And I think for someone who leads a group, his honesty is what's a blessing to all of us because it makes us feel like, okay, Josh blew it this week. Well, I can, not, it doesn't give us an excuse to blow it, but if we do, we're all human and our Heavenly Father does forgive us. Years ago, there was a family rift between my oldest son and myself, and I hadn't seen him for 12 years. And we prayed about it in small groups, and if you're not part of small groups, you definitely need to be part, participate, open your home, or leave one. You'll totally be blessed. Um, so small groups was praying for my family as well as myself. And this year on my birthday, I was able to see my oldest son for the first time in 12 years. So one of um, Josh's sermons this year, which was in March, was when the Israelites left Egypt, they were, t they were forgetting what God had done. They were wandering and forgetting and complaining. They forgot all the miracles God had performed. So it was probably Moses told them to build rocks, build the rocks to remember all the miracles God had performed in their life up to that point. And we as humans, we forget that too. So um, 
Josh had rocks for us to take home. This sits in my living room. Um, this is just one of the many miracles he's performed in my life this year, as well as, as, well as taking care of some health issues. I have been, was struggling, I'm in sales, so I was struggling with issues at work and I came to Josh and he's been praying for me and um, several months I was the number one salesperson of, on the floor and it's not me, I give God all the honor, I don't want to take any of it, um, but it's awesome feeling because you could feel his presence when there was lots of customers waiting for me and they would patiently wait and so um, and he would bring them in and other people would be sitting around so um, it's an awesome feeling when you know you're totally walking in that spirit and you it just kind of lifts you up so Where do you think you would be if it wasn't for this church? Well, I would, I can't imagine where I would be if it wasn't for the church, the prayers and the uh, support that you get here. I'm not saying we're perfect. No, no. <laughs> we're not perfect, so don't misunderstand me. But everybody tries, you know, everybody talks the talk, but it's walking the walk. That's the most important thing. And we sometimes stumble because we're human, and um, but we pick each other up so we can continue this walk. Isn't that amazing? When this is a this is a great testimony of somebody being patient and waiting on the Lord for her life. And God's blessed her and God's kept her. She's been faithful. And what an incredible, powerful testimony, isn't it? You know, she talked about um, um, being in the high school, the Upland High School Auditorium. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 35 years ago, I was seven years old. It's the same age that my daughter is right now. It's the same age that I received Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior. My parents led me in the kitchen. That's when I received Christ. It's an important year for me. I also remember, you know, going from place to place. We were kind of like the children of Israel looking for a, a place to settle down in. And so we were, we were in the park for a little bit. And we were in another auditorium for a while. And then we were at Upland High School for a while. And I remember vividly a strong imprint on a young boy's mind of experiencing God in church. You know, there was no doubt that I experienced, you know, the grace of God, didn't understand the grace of God, but I knew Jesus at seven in my kitchen. I knew I was saved. There was that, that, was that relationship with, with God that, that didn't really make sense, but I, it was real. It was so real. But something else happened in church. I felt and experienced the presence of God in a high school auditorium for the first time as a child. I don't know what exactly was going on. I don't remember the message, but what I do remember is that I saw with new eyes. Like you could feel the atmosphere in the room, there was a heaviness in the room, and people were responding to the power of the Holy Spirit, some physically, and some were crying and weeping, some people were laughing. And um, again, I was seven, eight years old, and I just remember seeing things in, in, in the spirit rather than the natural. I don't know how else to explain it, but a young boy sitting in an auditorium, and I'm rubbing my eyes because I can't believe the things that I'm seeing. I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in church. This is, this is what we want for our kids. This is what I want for my, my daughter. I, uh, I allow my daughter to pray for me when I get sick. And it works. <laughs> my kid prayed for me and I got healed the other day. He's like, how did that happen? You haven't been to seminary? And I was like, 
Can you imagine that? I mean, that, that, is, that is the heart of this church, is that we want to see the kingdom of God being expressed, not only in the adult life and the adult population of the church, but in, in kids' lives, too. To be able to make a place where uh, there is a, a strong imprint in the spirit of, okay, this is a milestone. On this day, you got saved. On this day, you got baptized. You made a public declaration. On this day, you received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, received a fresh breath of fresh air from God. That is the power of doing church together. There is a great mystery that Paul talks about in the church. He says, before Jesus came, before Jesus walked on the earth, there was a mystery that only God knew. And Jesus came and it's been revealed. Do you want to know what the mystery is? Let's take a look. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 8. Paul says, Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me not to preach to the Gentiles. All right, quick break. That's you. We're all Gentiles. I might be like mostly Gentile, but we're all, this is who he's talking about. It's us, the Gentiles, uh, the people that were not Jews. To, to preach to the Gentile the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Okay, pay attention which for all ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, that's us, now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord. In him, through faith, in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Okay, what is he saying? Here's the mystery. The mystery is, is that the church of Jesus Christ, you sitting here in your seats, the ones that, that stood up and turned their flashlights on earlier, you are the, you are the vehicle that, that tells what this mystery is. That through the church, the entire world has the opportunity to hear and be transformed by the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Saving grace. How many people have been transformed by the saving grace of Jesus? Do you know why? It's because of the church. It's because the church is that vehicle. And it says, okay, the church is going to express the manifold wisdom of God the deepest parts of God, way beyond knowledge, way beyond mathematics, but the, the, the secret parts, the wisdom of God is being entrusted to the church of Jesus Christ. And it puts the authorities and the principalities in check, right? And, and we, we saw that happen at a city council meeting 35 years ago where the authorities of the city and the principalities of this city, the authorities, the actual, the, the political people that did not want to see another church form in this city. And then the spiritual principality of the local Wiccan coven praying and, and doing bad juju against this place happening. The church has the, the authority to demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God. And it's not just those authorities. Here's what really, this will blow your head off. Because it says the authorities and principalities of the heavenly realms, meaning angels, the church, us, we are to inform the angels of God's manifold wisdom. We know stuff that they don't know, or at least we ought to know stuff that they don't know. Isn't that just an incredible assignment? You see how important we are, how important you are? Our mission is way beyond ourselves. And, and when we come and, and do fellowship together, I'm going to challenge you, especially those that have kids. Come to church for your kids. If you're coming to church for yourself, okay, I understand that. And if you're, you know, if you're single, I totally get it. If you're working in a relationship. But I want to encourage you, especially if you have kids, 
Come to church for other people. Come to church for your kids. That's, that's why I come to church. Well, I come for a lot of different reasons, but man, I, you know what? If my child was not being ministered to in this church, I'd go find another church. She means that much to me. That is my number one assignment is to make sure that she has all the tools that she needs to grow and to mature in Christ. And so, look, when we come, it's not so I can get edified and, you know, I can get some more knowledge, get some more information, get some good self-help stuff. Go for other people. How does my part in this, in this body, in this thing that we call church, how is it going to help other people? You want to hear an amazing, this, this happened yesterday. So yesterday, uh, we, we did some work on the playground. It, we got the play chip, and, and it was a lot of hard work. It didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. And so uh, at 6 in the morning, the guy shows up, and he dumps the stuff right, not where it was supposed to go. So I had, I had 40 cubic yards of play chip that I had to wheelbarrow into this area. And so we got on the phone, made some connections, and I went to go get some day laborers to help spread this stuff around. Okay, here's, the, here's the great part about the story. The, the men that showed up from our church to help, they were witnessing and sharing and encouraging our day laborers. They were, they were, they were telling them about Jesus, and they were loving on them. I wasn't. I was like, get to work. I've got to get this stuff done. But do you see the heart of a, of a church that's transformed? It doesn't really matter who they are and what they look like. They're going to witness to them. And they had these guys laughing. And at the end of the day, they gave them a hug. They invited them to church. When was the last time you gave your day laborer a hug for working in your yard? You see what the power of a transformed life can do? It can change everything. So go to church. Do, do this thing. Yeah, do it for yourself. You know, we have, to, we have to grow. We have to mature. You have to ask yourself, God, where do I need to grow and where do I need to mature? But also ask yourself, how can I serve others? How can I serve people that are sitting around me and the people that are outside of the church? What does it look like? You know, there's somebody that... Uh, Somebody out there that you need to be praying for. There's somebody out there that you need to be sharing. And when you speak that into existence, when you say, God, I really want John and Shelly to come to church. And if you make it a point of prayer, someday they just might wander in and their life just might change. Can we watch the next video, please? We're not a happy camper. You looked at me sideways. Uh, the, the tipping point for me was, uh, was March 4th, 2012. Yeah. And um, Kim and I were going through a lot of things. And we had come to a point where our paths were too different. And we reached a point where the marriage was over. It, it, was, it, it was done that day. And for two days, we sat on it. And uh, going into that next day, uh, I got up early in the morning. I, I, I drove past here, and I, and I actually sat um, out in front. And I was just angry. And I came home. Um, Kim said, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I think it's just better that we split this up. I, I think that you're right. I think that there's nothing left here. I'll, I'll take care of you and the kids, but you know, I'm gonna move. When you get home from work today, I'll be gone. And Kim fell and she was crying and she was crying out. But she wasn't crying to me. She was crying to God. And she was apologizing to God for, for, for what she thought she was ruining. She thought, she said, I've ruined everything. I'm so sorry. And I just sat there, and, and I remember it being such a dark place. And I, I had a black sweatshirt on, and I had a hood over me, and I felt so dark. 
and she just moved up and, and she put a hand on me here and said, can you ever forgive me? And instantly I heard a voice in my head that said, yes, you do. And I said, yes, and that, that was the beginning of God restoring our marriage when we surrendered to him. Come and listen. And I went seeking for Jesus is because I was depressed all the time. I, I love my husband. I love him to this day. Um, but I don't think we were in love with each other anymore. And it caused a lot of depression wow. in my life. And it made me go looking. And I'm like... Life has to be more than this. This can't be it. Wow. This is my, he's my Prince Charming. Why, why is this happening? And so finding Jesus helped me fall in love with him again. Wow. The first day that I came here, I said I would give Granite Creek one opportunity. And I walked in and Pastor Larry, <laughs> was talking about faith and marriage, being faithful and forgiveness, and two things that he said stuck out to me. The very first words he said were, it's not about you. That made me more angry. <laughs> um, the next thing that he said, and I, and I remember that, and I keep that with me at all times, is he said, when you forgive somebody, you do not have the right to ever bring it up again. Yeah. And to this day, those things have never been brought up in our marriage again. There's never been a need for it. And also, uh, Jennifer walks up to you, and, and what does she say? She, she walked up and... Um, she doesn't know Joe. She, I barely know her. And she, walks and up she walked up to me and she said, You are the answer to so many prayers. that destroyed me. That, I think that was the most humbling moment of my life, was to hear how many people had been praying for me and for Kim and that, that just didn't know, they, they didn't know who I was. And that, that humbled me so much that there were people out there who loved me though, even though they didn't know me. It was just amazing and, it, and it's been more and more amazing ever since. The church has taught us how to be servants and to be humble while we're doing it, how to be eager while we're doing it. Makes us hungry for more. Like springtime. And, and what God's doing in our lives right now is um, He's allowing us to build a legacy. He's allowing us to break those things that were in our lives before, um, you know, in our parents' lives, in our grandparents' lives, the ways that we were raised. It's helping us set a precedent and, and a new course for our children that they can share Jesus and that they can share Jesus with their friends. And they're going to share it with their children and they're going to share the gospel with their children and their grandchildren. Uh, and also... Um Jesus is breaking the bond of addiction because we have addiction in both of our families. And, and I have addiction in me. I'm not sure about Joe. I have Joe, addiction in me too. But um, I don't want my kids yeah. to go through what I did. And Jesus is is there. And we're there. It stops right here. And, and he provides for us. He has provided so much. Um, you know, we lost everything that we had a few years ago. We lost, we lost everything that we made more important than God. Yeah. We lost all of that. And because it wasn't until that happened, and we had nothing, and, and we were just left with God and each other. You know, we, we give all the glory to God for, for everything in our lives, whether, whether it's hard, whether it's a trial, or, or you know, even the trials are a blessing. Um, but without this church and the people in this church, without the family atmosphere, with, without all of that, um, we, I, can, I can guarantee you we wouldn't be here today.
Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, a church is a lot like a person. And when, when, they, when they form the church, they refer to it as a, it's a living organism and not a, not a structural corporate entity. That's how they, that's how they worded it. And in, in church life, church life is a lot like a personal life. There's some ups, and then there's some downs. There's some difficult times, and there's some times of blessing. And, and we've experienced that. Uh, in 1998, uh, my father was, was leading his own church in South Ontario, Vineyard Christian Fellowship, and we were, we were struggling a little bit. We had a congregation, but we didn't have a building. And the, this church and this building was struggling. It had a building and not much of a congregation. And Pastor Byther calls up my dad and says, Larry, would you, would you be the senior pastor of the church? And he says, well, Harold, I... I have a church. He says, that's okay, you can bring them. And so the first day when we got together and we merged the, the Vineyard Church and, uh, and New Life, the New Life Community Church, um, there were, there were, the only kids that were in the building were the Vineyard kids. And we were like, oh no, this, the kids are running around making noise and screaming up and, up and down the halls. We're like, oh no, this isn't going to go over too well. And they were so excited to have the New Life it was like a, a, brush, a breath of fresh air that came into the building. And, they, and the two churches merged because they built it upon a, found, a strong foundation of love and relationship, of mutual love. That's why Mark, Mark 12 is so important to us. Jesus says, you love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And you're to love your neighbor as yourself. This is the secret to the success of this church. Because we've, we've engaged in something that's not religion. We get, we've engaged in something that is relationship with God. That we're loving God with all of our heart. And when we love God with all of our heart, that is our spirit. Jesus says in John 10, streams of living water will flow from your heart. And it will nourish everything part of you. It will nourish your soul. Your, your spirit will nourish your soul. Love your Lord your God with all of your soul. What does that mean? Your emotions, your drive, your, your character. And a lot of us, we've got some problems. Raise your hand if you've got some problems in your emotions. Like you're just a, you're, you're a basket case sometimes. Look, this is, this, is what, this is what Peggy was talking about. We're not perfect. We all make mistakes. We all do things that, aren't, that, that are not right or ego-driven or, or that are selfish. And God, Jesus is saying, I want you to love me with, with all of your heart and with all of your emotions. And love God with all of your mind. I mean, this is really taking it to task. Paul did it very well. I mean, there's probably not a person in the room that was in tuned to the spirit as Paul was. He prayed in the spirit. He spoke in tongues. Yet he always said, look, I can engage God on a deep spiritual level, but I also engage God with my mind. I think through these things. I put my mind to work intellectually. I, I put everything a subject to it. I capture every thought that I think about. My mind is transformed. And so we need to be able to love God with our mind, not only just with our heart and our in our, in our soul and our emotions. We've got to love him with our mind and then in our strength. Loving God with all of your strength, meaning that you have skills, talents, abilities, and you need to be serving the church of Jesus Christ with those. I have two gentlemen that showed up to, to get heat struck with me yesterday. I have this nasty... Sunburn headache right now. I don't like it. But they showed up with their strength and they put their skills to work and they loved two unlovable men. All of your strength and then to love your neighbor as yourself. The second commandment. And then he goes on to say, there are no greater commandments than these. This is it. 
Everything else is religion. But loving is in relationship. There is no law. There is no religion left once you love well, once you've captured those secrets. So wait patiently on the Lord. Whenever you don't feel like waiting, whenever you feel like you're being pushed back by the enemy of God, wait him out, starve him out. He'll, he'll flee from you. Uh, I've asked uh, Pastor Larry and my mom to, to close the service. We're going to continue a moment in worship. And uh, if I could have the, the worship band to come on up to the front. And as they're on their way up, uh, we are going to do a time capsule. This is it right here. And all of you have a card, and there's some suggestions about what you can write on that card. But this is what I want you to think about. Okay, what has God blessed you with? And what are you praying about right now? What are you asking God for? God, I really need this miracle in my life. This is going to be a milestone. And I want to encourage you, write whatever you feel like God wants you to write. Okay, God, I would love for you to bless me in my life. I need this miracle in my life. God, I feel lost at this point. I need to grow in this area. God, I'm praying for my kids. I want you to write that on that testimony and that card. And in 15 years, on our 50th anniversary, we're going to crack open this time capsule, and we're going to see your prayer requests answered. And uh, at the end of the service, after, uh, after we've done the offering, after uh, Pastor Larry is closed, I want you to, to walk your cards up to the front and place them in the time capsule and then at 12.30, before we eat, we're going to bury it right here in front of our, of our, uh, of our uh, hallmark that says streams of living water will flow from within those that believe. You know, I, I wish that we could take the camera and put it in front of every one of you. Every one of your stories would be just as, as gut-wrenching. Every one of them would be just as, as meaningful and, and full of purpose and, and honestly, as full of hope. And many of you, you received hope as you, as you, as you heard the, these, these, these testimonies. And your testimony is there to, to give hope to somebody. Maybe there's some of you here that you heard today, well, boy, if Peggy's family can be healed after 12, maybe mine... Maybe, maybe there's hope in my relationship with my, with my kids or with my parents. You heard about marriages being saved and, you know, marriage that was over with. I mean, there's so many stories that would, that would come out of, of, of you and what, what you know is going on. And so this morning, I, I want to encourage you to... To, to latch hold of the promises that God has for you. And we're going to give you a chance to, to, to create something today with your words. Yes, we're going to take the offering. You know, you know believe it or not, we have to pay Edison also. <laughs> you know, there, there, is no, there is no free deal here. We pay, uh, we pay as, as much as, and, and so and it costs money to keep the vision going, to keep it alive. And so in a couple of minutes, I, what I want to do is, yes, we'll take the, the physical offering, but, but I also want you to create an offering with your words, with the, the fruit of your lips of what has this church meant to you? What, what, would, what would your life be like if, if it, you didn't have this church? And so in a couple of seconds, I want you to think about it. Janice is going to read a, a very powerful scripture for you first. But I want you, what, what this church, what does this church mean to me? What has it meant to me? And then we're going to say them out just one at a time. And, uh, and you're going to create just an attitude, an atmosphere of praise. God is so good, isn't he? He's so faithful. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations. The new legacy for many of you. Of those who keep his commands. And this is one of the scriptures that we read when the church first started 
says, be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how God, how the Lord, your God, led you all the way in the desert over these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your father had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out. And that was really true for us. We wore the same outfit for five years. And your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord, your God, disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord, your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord, your God, is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron, and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you, are eat, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands and laws and degrees that I am giving you this day. So we're going to praise the Lord now, okay? We're going to praise the Lord. What, and just, just, just say that out. I mean, I know it's going to be hard just to use one word. I know it is. But um, maybe you might even sneak in an extra word, okay? You know? But, um, but what, what does this church mean to you? What has this church provided for you? Let's go ahead. Message. Love. Love. Family. Family. Hope. Hope. Grace. 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 Ability. Stability. Blessed. Blessed. Acceptance. Peace. Goodness. Peace, safe harbor, forgiveness, fun. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Support, compassion, faithful, closer to God, life, wife. You know. I, I'm going I'm to say something just real quick. That's one of the reasons this church exists. When we started it, when we read this, this scripture for the first time, it was, God, would you make good mates for our kids? In the first service, one of them was my children. If it wasn't for this church, I wouldn't have my children. And then it's the same thing for, for, for Josh, who, yes, grew up in the church, is now an elder in the church. Wife, kids, family, grandsons, yeah. Great teaching. Great teaching. Captain Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit, Spirit and truth. Endurance. Endurance and patience. Restoration. Healthy. So it is a healthy church. Okay, so these, this is a, a picture of, of this church, of the things that, that honestly that you've created and coming together and 
looking for God and finding God. And that's the reason that God wants his church to continue to exist and to prosper. And so, Father, we, we bless this offering that has come from the, the fruit of, of the lips. And Father, we, we lay this offering of, of praise at your feet. And we ask, God, that you would be well pleased with this, with this offering of thanksgiving that, that, that this, this church creates a, a positive place people living in a negative world to come and say, but there's hope. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good. It's very, very good. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we praise you for that. And so, Lord, now as we receive this, this other offering that you have told us to, to bring to, to the house, to the storehouse, the, the, the tithe, and to bring the offerings, God, we, we bring them now because we know that this church must continue to exist. That there are more marriages that need to be saved. There are more people that need to give their lives to Christ. That there is more emotional health and mental health that needs to come. There's more counseling that needs to be done. Father, that, that there, there, are, there are more children that need to be born. There's more husbands and wives that, that need to, to find each other. So, Father, we, we, we raise this church up to you now. And we say, Father, be well pleased with Granite Creek Community Church and prosper us that we can find more and more and more people that we can offer hope to them and that their lives will be changed. So, Father, we, we give now, God. We invest in the kingdom of God. God, we don't want to stand before you someday and have you say, but you never gave to the kingdom. Father, we want to give to the kingdom of God now. We know that in heaven we're not going to be able to, to bring our tithes and offerings there. We're not going to be able to trust you to manage our finances there. It's only here that we have the chance to, to really see you involved in this part. And so, Father, we thank you and we praise you. And, Father, bless the offering that Granite Creek Community Church will continue to be a sweet-smelling fragrance to you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.